Get Up with Christian Bodge. On the Mid North Coast's hit. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Christy. How are you? Hello. How I you feel doing? like. I shouldn't be here right now if you're coughing. No. Or no, you shouldn't just, be here right now. No, I was just, it was, a, uh, it was an ahem cough, you know, like a, <laughs> welcome. Sure. All right, okay. Uh, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Right, Monday morning. Monday morning, very cold, obviously. We're in that time of the year. Uh, apparently, there was a solstice or something. I didn't even know that. Something about a winter solstice yeah. yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, because I'm not, you know, I'm not like a tree worshipper or whatever those people are. What do they call them? Um, pagans and stuff. Apparently, <laughs> the solstice is what they used to use to... I don't know. Might as well be star signs as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it doesn't do anything. It just is some kind of marker. I think you just know that that's the, the start of winter, like, officially. Yeah. I mean, it's 22nd of June, yeah. so we're about a month into winter as far as I'm concerned. But you notice uh, a difference. The yeah. weekend was freezing. It was well, very cold. Even colder for you. Yeah, even colder <laughs> for you. But uh, no, it was uh, Saturday might as well have been a write-off for me. I spent the whole day sleeping. Don't regret it. It was one of those glorious days of nothing. And uh, I wholly encourage people to do that every now and then. Just do nothing for an entire day. Waste it. Do you feel like, though, that you recovered better for it after a big week? Or do you think that you're more lazy for it? Oh. No, it's a good question. Actually, I did uh, see. I slept most of the day on purpose just to try and get a whole day of sleeping in. But that's the worst thing to do. Well, yeah, I realise that. It. Yeah, I realise that. Come, <laughs> come the early evening, late afternoon, I was, mate. I was all kind. I felt like I was hungover. Yeah, but, you know, one of those things. Wake up! Wake up! Get up with Christian Budge on the Mid North Coast Hit FM. You know how people have that whole camping curse. When it comes camping to... Camping curse? Mate, yeah. I, I am the embodiment of the camping curse. <laughs> I know. You are the one that can't stand camping because you always have those bad things follow you. And there's, you hear lots of stories like that. And mm, we mm. have never been those type of people, Michael and I, when we've gone camping. And miraculously, we always had everything go right. Yeah, you've always, you're always super prepared. You've, you drive around like normally in your normal car with camping gear attached to the car like you're going camping. But you're just coming to work. <laughs> it makes life easier. Just yeah. you chuck a few things in the swag, uh, the rest of the stuff, and then you're you're away to go. But yeah, no, that yeah. wasn't the case. Actually, we spent hours. You know, when I left here at nine o'clock on Friday morning, very early. We yes. were literally meant to have been packed and gone. Didn't happen. Michael was unprepared. We spent. We didn't leave. How's this? We didn't leave until midday. It took oh. three hours to pack a vehicle. So you. Could have probably stayed back here after work no, after no, no. we finished to help me out on Friday. I was busy doing stuff. I yeah. was busy packing a vehicle <laughs> with him, and I was like, "How do two people and a dog have so much equipment?" Because we were carting a boat. We're going four and a half hours west to Copeton Dam, which is near Inverell, so sort of past um, Walker and, and Armadale. It's an interesting time to do it as well because uh, there was a cold snap predicted on the weekend. Yeah. So. so it is meant to be a good uh, destination to go fishing for some cod uh, on the dam there. But um, we lugged. All this gear, which was unnecessary. I hate that feeling of where you've got so much stuff for a little amount of time. It's like, how can you do all these things at once? So, yeah, lugged yeah. the boat all the way out there. Dragged it for four and a half hours to be used for five minutes, literally. We put it in the water, uh-huh. went for a little cruise up the river, yep. hadn't even thrown a cast out yet, and there's alarms going off in the, in the boat. And we, it turns out that the water had gotten into the fuel system, and he can't drive the boat. So that was it. Done. 
the entire weekend. So wait, does that mean you're stuck out in the water or do you, do you have to like use no. an oar and like row yourself back? We got back because we realised it was an issue and then figured out what it was. And uh, yeah, so the, the boat just sat there for the entire weekend. The thing's unused. brand new. The thing's brand new. I know, these, thing, these things happen. But um, yeah, so we then had to lug it all the way back as well to oh. not even use the goddamn oh, thing. Oh, the first world problems. But the other issue was this, this particular dam had a lot of algae. So to get into the water, whether you walk in or, or whatever, it's covered in green stuff. What's the dog do the minute she get out of the car when we pull up there? At dusk, yeah, yeah. freezing cold, jumps straight in the water, head first, everything, because she oh, likes to duck dive. Bella. She came out looking like Hulk. What do you mean? She oh, was green. the algae. Because yeah. the algae. Yeah, so I have a stained lot. green dog what, what right she now. Like, was she freaking out because of the temperature? Oh, no. She loved it. She kept oh, going back see, in I, there. See, before you left, I thought she was going to be in all sorts of dra- uh, drama because of the cold. I don't like the cold when I'm out camping. I expected a little dog who's normally quite nervous to be the same. <laughs> no, she, um, she sat by the campfire quite a fair bit, but she encouraged mm, the other mm. dog that was there camped with us to go into the water as well. And he doesn't like the cold. Oh, so he a second was, dog. Yeah, okay. so between the two of them, they came out looking like hulks. Uh, what else did we have? Oh, another mate's boat. He kept hitting on the rocks because it's granite country. There's big boulders everywhere. Yeah. He, he kept driving over these big boulders because you have to watch what you're doing. Busted up his prop. That's right. an expensive thing. Oh. We took all this food out there, Bodge. Yeah. We didn't eat a thing. So, out of our own fridge and pantry. Did you do any normal camping activities? Like for like poor people like me can sort of, because when what I. do you mean? Well, when I've gone camping, right, because I don't have a boat, all right, I'm not yeah. fancy or anything like that. Did you make s'mores or something? Did you do any of that? You do, you do the toasty um, okay. marshmallows so you, and stuff. Well, because it, it sounds like there's a lot of boat related problems. Well, but that's you, the whole reason we went there, was to go fishing. Oh, so a, that so that spot it, when you say it's good for cod, like that's like an iconic spot. Is that because I'm not a camper, Chris? Yeah, this is why I don't go camping. Look, I wasn't there for the fishing. The the rest of the the, the group were. I uh, was there just for the the leisurely downtime. But why um, not? Yeah, no, they, they were there to catch cod. Right, no did, one caught anything. No one caught anything. No that was my anything. next question. I spent twenty dollars on big blocks of cheese because mm. apparently that's what attracts the cod, and they'd take big wads of it out. Uh, kayak it out, put the little bait down, nothing. Such it a, kept getting bites, but nothing. Such a, an interesting thing for fish to like cheese, isn't I know. it? Cause like, <laughs> if you think about it, like dairy's not something that you would see in great supply underwater. No. So dairy, I mean, that, it, whoever figured that out, they're probably eating cheese on the, the deck or something. They're just going, you know what, I'll try this. I've run out of worm. Well, we did get in a little bit of trouble eating the cheese that was dedicated for the fish, but anyway. Oh, not to mention the fact that uh, a nine-year-old girl, little Demi, poor little girl, uh, they, uh, her and her brother kept um, riding the pushies around and uh, she came a gutzer on a hill. Uh, she wasn't wearing her helmet. She hit a rock and uh, went straight over the handlebars, ended up with a grazed nose and a black eye. Oh, poor little thing. So she's going to have to explain that to her um, <laughs> mates when she goes to school. Um, paddleboards. We took the paddleboards as well, Bodgy. Right, yep. Yep, covered in algae. Now they're stained and ruined. Okay. And uh, then the last day, so yesterday, we went to stay there till at least after lunchtime so yeah. we could uh, have some more fun, maybe out on the water or catch some fish. Nope, wake up, early hours, bucketing down with rain so you have to pack up in the rain. And that's the worst thing to do when you're camping, get saturated and pack yep. up the gear. And you wonder why whenever you invite me out camping, I say no thank you. I would rather stay inside in the warm, wrapped up in my blanket, watching telly and eating chocolate. Well, you wonder. It was cold. 
And I do have spider bites all over my legs as well. So when we got back, I said to Marco, I think we need to have a little bit of a break from camping. The Mid-North Coast Gets Up with Christy and Barge. On Hit FM. And uh, Christy, I have heard that apparently... Um, there is from the what's his name? He's from the he's the CMO. What's it said? Chief Medical Officer, right? CMO. So he's the chief. He's the big chieftain when it comes to medical officing. Okay, and he said that uh, you can't have a cheeky pash uh, because of social distancing, uh, more or less. Uh, now with Victoria obviously witnessing another spike in mm. the the COVID nineteen because you know. As Dan Andrews said, you know, why would you want to go to South Australia, which I took personally as a South Australian, and it turns out uh, they've actually got loads of reasons not to stay in Victoria. Um, it says here on this little bit that I've got here that um, the Deputy Chief... Oh, it's the Deputy now. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> the, the article said Chief Medical Officer, so I took it as that, and it's actually the Deputy Chief. <laughs> Oh, so he's second in command. Um, That's all right. It doesn't matter. No, I know. Well, it does. It does. It's a lie. It's deception. Right. Um, he said that um, gather, while the, the reduced household gathering limits are in effect in Victoria now, he's also said, and this isn't for the whole country. No. This is just for, for Victorians, which I think is fantastic. Uh, they won't abide by it. Um, apparently, aside from keeping 1.5 metres away and not shaking hands, mm. the deputy CMO has also mentioned that there are other culprits which people seem to be forgetting. He said, no more hugs, no more kisses. (laughs) So, um, yeah, well, I mean, wearing a face mask won't cut it as well, he says. He says that's that's not enough these days. You still have to just keep the distance. That's right, yeah. And lacquer up in in hand sanitizer. I'm sure that if there's another another protest, I mean, the rules will go out the window once again. (laughs) Because that's fine. It's all well and good if there's a cause... You know what, though? We've been pretty lucky in that sense because at no point did uh, we get told by ScoMo you can't have any rompy time or anything like that. You're moving too far away from sorry. my friend. Could you say that last bit just again? Sorry. <laughs> that was can't have any, can't have any what can't now? Can't any have a uh, nice doona movement. What's that mean? You know what I'm talking about. I don't know what you mean. Oh, gosh. What? Do I have to, to be specific and say you can't uh, do the business? Oh, intercourse. Why are you just saying intercourse? We're adults. <laughs> I We're know, adults. I'm just trying to be uh, yeah, well, strategic look, with my words. Well, I mean, uh, when everyone was staying at home, it's very hard to go to Bone Town uh, from your living room because you can't drive anywhere. No. So you're absolutely right. Uh, but, you know, th- th- <laughs> this is the other thing. <clears throat> this is what I thought was interesting. Uh, this is from one of the doctors as well involved. There is no evidence that has been uh, been made aware of, that the the chains of community transmissions uh, have come from the Black Lives Matter protests, and yet multiple people from this um, from uh, the the new COVID nineteen uh, people that have got it uh, have, were at the protests. Yeah, yeah. So they say, well, I mean, there were a lot of gatherings, but we don't think it was from that. But they're also saying you can't have a kiss, you can't have a cheeky patch. So if that rolls out um, nationwide, I will not be happy. I've just got myself a brand new girlfriend. I want to kiss that thing until I'm not allowed to anymore. You know what I mean? You know how so, you get away with it. How? You just have to move in together. And then they can't stop you from passion. You are absolutely on one with this. You want us to move in already. <laughs> May have been looking at houses already. Oh! <laughs> Get up with Christy and Bodge on the Mid-North Coast's hit. Christy, I tell you what, there's nothing like cancel culture. It is the, <laughs> it's taken off. It is the new thing. Can you even stop saying those words? Cancel you see. culture. 
Everyone wants to cancel something. It's almost like a feather in your cap um, if you can have something cancelled. There's a lot of people virtue signalling also. Um, People hating on their own culture in ways that are unimaginable. And we don't just mean like cancel. We're saying things like changing names because that comes under that banner of cancel culture. Yeah, everything. People want to change everything. Some things, yes. Conversations should be had. However, I'm going to tell you about something that's really going to tick you off. Mm. All right? When I was six years old, I went to my first ever concert. It was the greatest concert of my life. All right? I know which one it is. Uh, You talk about it all the time. That's why it is the greatest concert of your life. It involved amazing singing, um, lyrics that second to none, and colourful skivvies. I'm talking about (sighs) the Wiggles, of course. (sighs) Hang on. Why they being cancelled? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you why the Wiggles have been cancelled, okay? Because Americans, some Americans, have um, they've been taken to social media to say that they're not inclusive enough. What? Give me a black wiggle, they say. Uh... Give me a black wiggle. They forget about Jeff, clearly, because Jeff was, you know, he was an Asian gentleman, mm. and he wore the purple skivvy, and he had a problem with, uh, you know, sleeping. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a, a diagnosed issue, but he, he slept in quite a lot. I identified with him strongly. <laughs> yeah. So um, so for the American audience to start, I just want to read a couple of quotes here. Mm. These are tweets, because obviously the Twitter sphere is full of tweets. Yep. Watching the Wiggles with Moo, and I want to turn it off because there's no black people on here, but she's dancing so hard, and it's the... The anguish face emoji. You know, the, oh, I don't know what to do. Well, your child's enjoying it. Let him enjoy Mm -hmm. it. Here's another one. My daughter loves the Wiggles. Can y'all get some black Wiggles together for her? Do I have to point it out? The kid's already enjoying it. Don't make him change it. Don't make him change it. We're watching the Wiggles this morning, and I'm I'm surprised by the lack of diversity and stereotypical gender roles for a current children's show. What's going on, Australia? Back to Sesame Street. They changed it a while back. They put Emma in there to be a little bit more inclusive. I don't think they even did it because of that. I thought she was just the best person for the job. Mm. Um, and she's got a whole new audience for the Wiggles as well. Exactly. Um, okay, here we got more. Had an entire argument with my dad last night about the lack of diversity in the Wiggles. Sums up my life perfectly, I think. You're absolutely right. You're an idiot. Okay, we've got one more. I'll give you one more. I stopped watching The Wiggles as a child because they didn't have any black folks on it. You're kidding. The Wiggles. I've been too true to this. Shh. <sighs> there are a lot of really weird people in the United States of America. And, and I'll, I'll back it up with an even weirder fact, right? This is this is how incredibly strange that country is. And I've dated two people from there. Um, Trump obviously is up against Joe Biden. Mm. Do you know who the third preferred candidate is for the elections this year? No. The Rock. <laughs> I don't mind The Rock. But that's got to be a joke. It's got to be a joke. So I, I, I can't take anything seriously. You cannot knock the Wiggles. You can't cancel the Wiggles because they haven't got a black wiggle. Don't work like that. The kids are happy with it. Kids are happy with it. Let them be. Yep. As far as I'm concerned, um, you just make matters worse. And uh, the same as the Paw Patrol thing. The only people that miss out are the kids. <laughs> Don't, 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 don't want to get up. A fresh way to get up. Christian Barge on Hit FM.
we have been uh, playing a little game. Uh, we've been playing multiple games just while we're trialling things out. I think 10 to 7 is the perfect time to do it. I like that you say that you and I have been trialling a game. No, you've been testing me out. What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> I've not tested you out, which we will have to change this up for a little bit. So no, I'm no, not no. This is, fool. no. This is this is a lot of fun. You don't have to worry about um, feeling foolish. Um, so uh, I've got here, I've got three pieces of audio, mm-hmm. and all you've got to do is try and work out who the people are that are talking, okay? So normally well, I've changed up a few you times. Uh, we've had um, kids TV show themes. You've got to try and guess the, you know, um, there's been censored games where I've censored a word, and we're just trying different things out, yeah. and we're just working out which ones sound the best. And so this one is, I've got to guess the person. Yes, you've got to guess. Got to guess the person. So who is this person? A lot of people think we have a weight problem in this country. I don't. R- Ricky oh. Gervais. Oh no! <laughs> straight off the bat, straight off the bat, you think it's Ricky Gervais? Yeah. Now, do you, before I press the button, want to change that answer? Oh, now I'm second guessing it. Bear in uh, mind, um, they've both got like, sort of iconic voices, but this person has a very, very iconic voice. No, I'm sticking with my guns. You Richard don't want to hear it one more time? Uh, okay, just do it. A lot of people think we have a weight problem in this country. I don't. Oh, I've cut him off very quickly there. Now I don't know if it is Ricky well, Gervais. Rick, I'll help you out. <gasps> I'll help you out. Ricky Gervais is an English gentleman. Oh, yeah. And that was an American voice, wasn't it? Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Chris Pratt. <laughs> I'll give it to you one more time. A lot of people think we have a weight problem in this country. I don't. Oh, God, I can't oh, put mate. a finger on it. Really? But yeah, it's a TV ah. show, like a uh, talk show host. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, this too. All right. <laughs> let's go more iconic. Let's go. Let's. This is the second voice. I'm proud to be a black American. I am proud of my race. I am proud of who I am. Come on. That, Michael Jackson. That's Michael Jackson, same Jay. And that was in the interview with Oprah as well. Uh, which was years ago. It was like 20-odd years ago, probably a little longer than that. It was incredible. Here's another, Now, you should get this one right. You should get this one right. And these are all very, very random pieces of conversation. Like, they, they don't make any sense when you listen to them in their little bit. Here we go. It was a field trip of kids that went to the Museum of Natural History. Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel, Vin Diesel. It was that voice where he's like a very sort it's of... the hot, sultry. It's husk. not... I don't find it hot. Do you oh, find it hot? Are you kidding me? Every time he Seriously? opens his mouth, it's like, oh, Vin Diesel. I don't even like bald men and I just love bald men because of him. What do you like? What about... Out of him and Jason Statham, who would you go? Oh, oh. Who sounds hotter? You know what? I'm going to go Vin Diesel just because he looks a little bit younger but he's than got Jason that, Statham. He's got that list. Thomas Hardy, though. You put him in terms of bad boys up against those two, I'd go Thomas he's, Hardy. He's not bald, I know. But uh, yeah, I was going to say. You mean if you he could, was bald, then yeah. Okay. Well, but Vin Diesel's got that, that lisp that sort of, I think, takes the edge off of his uh, tough manliness. Nah, it makes him way hotter and way tougher. No, nah, listen to his lisp. Just, but, oh, just stop it. was a field trip of kids yeah, that no, went no, to the no, Museum no, no, of no. Natural History and then the Museum of Natural History comes alive. Can you hear it, though? It just sounds <laughs> like he'd cuddle up to you and he'd just purr like a little kitten. Yeah, he's like a big bear. Yeah, well, that was actually uh, relatively easy for you. I can't. The one, I'm surprised you didn't get Jerry Seinfeld, though, because he's quite an no. iconic voice. <laughs> it's a weird because I think they kind of, what he was saying, it made me think yeah, it was Ricky Gervais and I totally got oh, the accent. I, I well, I, I cut these bits specifically so that you only heard a bit of a conversation. Yeah. If you heard too much of it or you heard a full joke, it might, you know, it might ruin it and make it too easy. So yeah. well played. Well, well played. so what, this is the thing though. 
at 10 to 7, we're just, we're just trialling these things out. If it, There's the censorship game we played um, last week. There's this one and then there's uh, another one and we're just trialling different things out. 13, 12, 16 and get in touch via Facebook because I, I just want to know which ones sound good, like, you know, because I know you have a bit of a struggle with some of them. Like <laughs> I go, right, them? oh, here's, here's, some, here's some theme tunes from the 90s. And you go, I don't, I never watch Rugrats or anything like that. I'm like, okay, well. If I could have a, a choice, I like the censorship game where you've got to pick yeah. the word that had been censored out. All right, well, we'll do that one tomorrow. Hit FM with Christian Barge. A fresh way to get up on your radio. Christy, the voice is heating up. It really does get you sitting on the edge of your seat with your little, little puckered opening, just going, whoa, what's going to happen? I think it's because now we're into the battle rounds. It's yeah. a little bit different to the blind auditions. It's mm, it's mm. where you pin your favourites up against one another. I do not envy the judges and what they have to do right now, which is either save one or say goodbye to the mm. other, which is really upsetting. But um, one of the girls that uh, did steal the show last night, I'm calling it steal the show, sure, because when you, can, when you can pull off an Extina, a Christina Aguilera track like Dirty, then mm. yes, you've got to be darn good. Good morning to Alicia. How are you doing? Hey guys, how you going? Good, thank you. How are you feeling after rewatching last night? It's like, you know, you watch it and you kind of live through the whole emotion of the whole thing again, like being nervous before you go on stage and then, you know, I had to pitch myself after the performance and then, uh, you know, wait on stage for someone to save me or not and that's kind of... And this, all the emotions came back, and I was like, oh, my God. Do you, do you it think, was amazing to watch. Do you think Graham outperformed you, though? I don't know. Like, being on stage, he's amazing. But I think on stage together, we really, we're, we're good friends now. Like, yeah. we lifted each other up in the performance. I think we kind of helped each other out, if anything. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, shared, I shared similar criticisms to, to Boy George and Kelly when I was like, I wanted to see you both, because you're both hot, right? So, <laughs> no, it's true. Christy, <laughs> let's not sugarcoat it. Um, you're both, like, I was looking at you just going, w- when are they going to get, like, you know, the film clip's nearly already there with the, you've got the, the the ring there, and I was just like, well, I don't expect anyone to take their clothes off, but, you know, I just thought, you know, you've got these two hot people up there, why aren't they just sort of, like, getting, and I thought, well, it's a family show, actually, it's probably why, but. Well, um, Delta did want some wow factor. Well, I was surprised she went with Graham. I was surprised she went really? with Graham. Yeah, yeah, I was, and I think that. Um, maybe she made a mistake, and I think she'll come to regret it. What do you think? Well, that's that's a compliment. I think, like, it's really hard because, you know, we all love just performing and doing our thing. And so when you get to the battle rounds, you have to literally battle with someone you love, and you're like, oh, man, we're, we're doing what we love. So, I mean, I'm I'm still grateful that I'm, I'm still in. Yeah, of course. Know? And maybe Delta did make... Maybe, maybe she did make a mistake, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> uh, that's all right. Hey, do you know what? I think that with the with the battle rounds, and Christy, you probably agree with this, that um, they don't feel like a battle. I think that you've been paired up with people mm-hmm. that do, that you do, you're right, you complement each other and you yeah. do build each other up. Um, the the process behind the scenes in terms of, um, I guess, uh, the, the, the practicing with Graham, was it something that came quite naturally? Was it structured by other people behind the scenes as to what you'd sing, or did you get to work any of that out yourself? Oh, well, it was a bit, you know, Delta was our coach, so she kind of picked the song, and then, you know, me and Graham would go off and practice, and especially having the little dance break, we'd have to kind of make sure we looked good together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because if I, I was on time and he wasn't, 
I, I could still look wrong, you know, in yeah. my, my timing or it doesn't matter. We kind of were one package in that moment. And, you know, the lighting was down and you could see every little movement we were doing in the dance break. So I think every chance we had, we're like, let's, let's, let's rehearse. Let's, let's sing that bit one more time. And I think, you know, the dress run was like 15 runs of it before we even wow. did the actual thing. So it was full on, but I guess that's what makes the actual day, you know, perfect. Yeah. Practicing it. Well, you look at like your Christina Aguilera's, your Britney Spears, J-Lo's and all of that and Pink, they know how to dance and sing at the same time. So mm-hmm. when you guys had to do your dance break, that's a tough gig and that's what Delta wanted. She wanted you to hold those notes after doing a performance. How did you think you went? Because I know when I'm going to the gym... And my personal trainer <laughs> says to me, hey, um, did you, what did you do on the weekend? I'm like, don't talk to me because I can't talk. I can't talk and do something at the same time. How the hell do you dance and sing at the same time? The gym and, and talking is something different. I don't know. I can't even do that. I don't know how anyone talks to the gym, to be honest. <laughs> but dancing, I mean, it is similar. I think, once again, it comes to practicing. The more you do it, the more your body's like, okay, I need to breathe here so I can sing that big note at the end. So... You know, it's it's just it's it's like a mental game. You need to kind of place your breaths in certain points, and like it's difficult. I'm not going to lie; it is hard. Uh, with yeah. the, with the dance break, though, I think you did better than Grab. Personally speaking, and it's not because we've got you on, <laughs> but uh, when Kelly saved you, now this is something that I didn't expect because I haven't watched a lot of The Voice in past years. When Kelly had, they all had five seconds to save you yeah. after mm. Delta picked Graham. Um, after mm. Delta's mistake, we'll call it. And they had they had the five seconds, and then right on the end, Kelly's just smashed her button in. Um, do you think she it was down? Yeah. Do you think it was down to the five, six, seven, eight? I think so. Honestly, she she was sold by it. And I, I think I'm grateful that we put that in. You know, but she did take her time. She took five, six. She took the whole five, six, seven, eight to put me yeah. for that save. I say. Yeah. <laughs> But she was gobsmacked, though, when Delta did say she was going with Graham. Like, there there was that jaw-dropping moment yep. from, from Kel. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 I was speechless. I was like, thank God I'm just going through, you know. And Kelly, she's a big inspiration being Destiny's child. And, like, she's just cool. Well, and I, even watching her back and hearing her say all those cool things. And she even said she'd pick me before the save happened. Oh. So I was like, oh, cool, you know. Mm. Well, now, cool. now that you've worked with both Delta and Kelly, who's who's yeah. the favourite? Oh. oh, I don't know if I can say. Oh, come on <laughs> now. <laughs> Just remember <laughs> who saved you in your, in your hour of need. No, no, your five seconds of need. <laughs> Who saved you? Mm. Look, they're both amazing. And I think they both offer something different. You know, Kelly obviously loves the five, six, seven, eight, so you know, focusing on that and singing as well as something she specialises in. And, and Delta's amazing. She's beautiful. She's, you can't say a bad word. No. No, no, that's fair enough. Look, uh, I'd be in trouble if I did. No, 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 not at all. Is there, is there, but before we let you go, um, you've obviously... Um, You've obviously done a little bit of work with Kelly now. Um, it, what's yeah. what's the main difference, do you think, between working with Kelly and working with Delta? You say they bring different things, but what's have you been able to identify mm-hmm. a difference in their style of mm. uh, of mentoring? Um, I guess with Kelly, she's like very forward. You know, she was just saying how it is. But, you know, be more fierce, be more sassy, be more and kind of. 
be more filthy, be more dirty. You know, she just kind of says it how it is. And I think um, it's cool where Delta is, you know, still really straightforward and, you know, tells you how it is. But I think she's got this gentle, yeah. you know, she's so sweet. Um, but it's just a different style for both Hi. of them. They're both, yeah. it depends what you like. If you like a filthy or, you know, gentle. <laughs> so we got wholesome versus filth. All right, well, Christy and I are very much the same where, um, you know, when you, when you get feedback from people, depending on how you receive it, I prefer the no-nonsense. I just want, if something's terrible... Yeah. On the, yeah, on this show, if this if something's terrible, I prefer my content director to just go, don't do that again. That was terrible. That's do not do it. it again. Whereas, Christy, I think you prefer the lighter approach where they're a little bit nice about it. <laughs> no, that, no attacking. Yes. No attacking. So, <laughs> yeah. so I guess that's where we land on it. Wholesome Delta, straightforward Kelly. And um, Del, um, the other thing is Destiny's Child are coming back, apparently. They're reforming for a little bit. I heard that just this morning. Oh, man. Maybe they want a fourth member. Well, you know, I'm happy to just <laughs> see. This is this is why I brought it up. You know, it'd be so, nice to have a little blonde in there. Yeah, that's right. All right. Hey, look, uh, Alicia, yeah. we, we look forward to um, being able to watch you continue to blossom on the show, and uh, hope that uh, you know you don't get voted out next time. Um, that would be sad. Um, so continue to keep shining, mate. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Too awesome. easy. There we go. Well, the voice uh, is uh, is doing. Great guns at the moment, Christy. I really know. enjoying it. Loving the battle round, so there's yeah. more tonight. Do you remember when MasterChef was a thing? You remember that? <laughs> nah. Big Brother? Not really. No. <laughs> just rag on them all. No, I'm just you? saying. The, the voice, vo- the is, voice is the uh, The voice is the thing. Get up with Christy and Bodge on the Mid-North Coast Hit FM. What weird things did you eat when you are at school? And we're not talking about things that are meant to be eaten, like... Proper food? It's such We're a strange topic, mate. It's stationary. a stationary. Why? What, what's brought this up? What has brought this conversation? Well, see, all to I light? left uh, on a little notepad for you was a note about notepads. Yeah, that's right. So, Edible notepads. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of spills the beans there for you, doesn't Tell it? Tell me so, about this edible notepad. So, in Japan, someone that was a genius came up with edible notepads because you know when you're at school and you're sitting there and you've you've had your little lunch you've just come back to class and you yeah. know it's still ages before you go to your big lunch you're starving and you're like I just kind of need something to eat yeah. well what they've come up with is edible notepads but it gets better because what they've also done is created like the loud noise so when you open the the little sleeve that has the little notepads in it it creates this loud noise of like paper turning over so it masks your tummy rumbles because it's embarrassing, you know, when you go, oh. I'm hungry. Yeah. So you open I mean, a little notepad, it, cu- it masks the sound, and then instead of just writing on, you, on your um, piece of paper, just shovel it in the mouth. <laughs> I mean, if I'm, your, if I'm your teacher, I'm going to say, excuse me, Christy, um... <laughs> Can I see you after class, please? And I'm going to sit you down and go, right, um, so are you being fed? Is there, is there a problem? Are you, have you got some kind of, um, you know, have you got a taste for, for paper? When did this start? Oh, yeah, well. Why? You know what, Was though? it a love note that you received that you didn't want anyone else to see because it was so embarrassing? Why did you eat that little slip of paper? I've seen kids do that. Try to get rid of the evidence. They yeah. shove it down the throat. There's so much better stuff to eat than like paper. Like what? Well, first off, um, 
if you have a little sharp pencil sharpenings, they're like chips. You do not eat pencil sharpenings. No, I never, I never did, but there was people that used to eat them. And apparently, now I don't have any facts on this, but apparently different colored pencils, different, different flavors. Flavor. Um, they got yep. different scents, so I kind yep. of uh, I get that. I've, I've seen yeah, a lot of kids eating the lead pencil. Absolutely. Um, also, another one. Now, I got actually, this is a bit of an axe I've got to grind. Um, when I was four, yeah. I used to love playing with Play-Doh. Oh, okay. I used to love playing with Play-Doh. And then this horrible girl, actually, she was quite nice. She was just strange. She had a mullet. Her name was Jenna. And she used to get in and she used to eat the Play-Doh and crap rainbows, apparently, <laughs> as you would expect. So what we do is we try and get in earlier and earlier to try and beat her. But she'd be standing at the door like this, sort of walking on one spot with her mum, waiting for the gate to open. And it was one of those ones that slowly opens, the metal gates yeah. that sort of slowly move to one side. And as soon as there was a gap, she'd like move through, power walk really fast to the Play-Doh area. And then she'd smash down a bucket or two of it. And then they'd get bigger and bigger buckets to try and meet the demand of her, like, you know, scoffing it down of a morning. And then I understand they had to ask her parents whether or not she was actually having breakfast. And they're like, we've already given her breakfast. We don't know why she's so hungry. But she'd get in and no expression on her face either. It was like she was a machine. She'd just smash it down and not even look at anyone, just stare off into space. And I remember straight after, she would go and just sit in the toilets, not move. Yeah, well, she'd be all clogged up. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> eating a kilo tub over a couple of days of Play-Doh. They went through so much Play-Doh, and then they just stopped having Play-Doh. There was no more Play-Doh. Oh, damn Jenna. Exactly. It's like glue. Glue always had to be in, like, the glass-locked cabinets because too many kids got the glue out and licked it. I think you kind of just get used to the taste. Like, I had a thing for chewing on the end of uh, pens. And then you, what yeah. you do is you crack it so then you get the ink coming out. Yeah, sure, you end oh. up having it all covered on your white blouse or all over your face. But there oh. was something about the, the, the feeling of chewing the end of a pen and getting the taste of the of ink the in ink. your mouth. Yeah, I don't know what it was. It's Holy true. hell, woman. <laughs> Jeepers. And then you see kids chucking down erasers. No, I never saw that. Oh, really? Never saw that. I don't know how they did it. I think you just have to do it in one like little uh, sweep. No, no. You couldn't no. Uh, chew on it because it's too rubbery. Yeah, no, there was some weird stuff that I saw. I'll tell you what, I think we, everyone's seen something strange in terms of um, what's been eaten at school. And 13, 12, 16, that line is open for you. You're welcome to give us a call and tell us what you've seen that's a bit strange. Um, I'm just thinking about some other things that were that were eaten um, before they were meant to. Like, you know, you don't want to get into school, get ready to play with something, then find out it is gone. Play-Doh was the number one, yeah. as I say. Um, she couldn't do it quite so well with pipe cleaners. Couldn't do it quite so well with pipe cleaners. However, there was a guy who used to lick all the paddle pop sticks. Did you ever use um, paddle pop sticks for counting? <laughs> we used to use them to create little uh, art and that pieces too. of art. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And he would just lick them all <laughs> like they had an ice cream attached to them. Yeah, I'd do that too, just in case someone didn't get the dregs off. Exactly. And they, these kids, they I mean, they're just kids, but you know, my childhood, I mean, you saw how animated I got. When I was talking about that girl, I still remember her full name and I know where she grew up. I know the house she grew up in because one day I said to mum, I said, I'm going to go around there. I'm going to talk to her mum and tell her that she keeps eating the Play-Doh and I can't play with the Play-Doh. Do you want me to bring you in some Play-Doh so no. you relive that uh, moment that you lost thanks to Jenna? No, I'm a 31-year-old man. <laughs> I'll buy my own Play-Doh. Wake up. Wake up. 
it up with Christian Budge on the Mid North Coast Hit FM. Have you noticed how quickly time has flown? Where now that we're starting to come out of all these restrictions, it's like, wait, what was it like before when we were really in lockdown? Like, particularly where students weren't going to school. Like, I feel like that was ages ago now when they announced, the government announced that they could actually go back to school. Well, time dragged during that period. And now that everything's sort of going back, time is moving faster again. I'm not a scientist, <laughs> but it's kind of like a wormhole. It is, but I do feel for the students because it, for them, it's probably been quite a long, tiring process yeah, well. and, and a long time to adjust to. And, and, and I think for me, if I was still at school, I'd be struggling to, to deal with uh, yeah, putting full focus yeah. uh, into my schoolwork. And, and, and I guess that's why we're having this conversation this morning because you do mm. hear of reports of, I guess, a lot of students falling behind and, and you, you do feel for them. And that's why we've got Andrew Cookling, who's the Director of Educational Leadership with us this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's Hi. all right. And, and how, look, overall, how are students going particularly here on the Mid-North Coast? Look, I think they're going really quite well. There's been a lot of support that's gone in. As you said, it was a really tricky time. There was essentially at the beginning of week eight of term one, the whole way we educate kids got revolutionised, you know, hundreds mm-hmm. of years of, of an approach in two days. So, um, you know, a lot changed in a short amount of time. But I think our schools were really well prepared. And I think, yeah. you know, public, private and independent, all the schools... There was they came together and, and, and shared approaches and there was a, just a real commonality in trying to get the best results we can for these kids. Yeah. Look, my, my housemate's a, a primary school teacher and she was never off her Zoom. And when she was, she was picking up these, what, what are those packages called where every kid has like a, a take-home package that they could do and, and all that sort of stuff. There was a lot of at-home work. The work didn't stop for the teachers. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The teachers, I think, worked exceptionally. I mean, like, teachers do crazy hours normally. Yeah, yeah. Know, the commitment to helping kids. Um, but, yeah, I think when the, when the lockdown occurred, because there was the, the online learning and it was a new space for teachers too, yeah. in, in, a, in a sense, for, particularly for the first couple of weeks, the amount of work the teachers were doing to try and support kids. Because we teachers are, are well-versed in differentiating learning for students. I think that's the main – I think from, from the parents who are at home, you would, you would have a, a unique appreciation now of just how talented our teachers are. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's around the differentiation of the work and trying to make it suit the individual kids because every kid's on their own individual pathway, right? So yeah. doing that remotely and, and through Zooms – you know, there's a there's a, a real complexity to that, and trying to get it just right to to meet the needs of those kids is where sort of teachers come to the fore. Yeah, well, big hats off to the educational department to come up with something so quickly to make sure that kids are still learning. And and you do hear of um, students that I guess were struggling in the sense that they might not have had all the devices that they needed to be able to do the remote mm-hmm. learning. And is that why we're noticing, or teachers in particular are noticing that there is that bigger gap? I guess with the the more disadvantaged students that might not have the financial backing versus the more advantaged kids? Yeah, look, that's tricky. Um, the devices certainly is an issue. And I think, I mean, from the outset, the I know with the Department of Education bought 9,500 devices, but also 8,000 8, dongles because not all the families had the internet connection at home either. Yeah, right. and, and those devices went primarily to year 11 and 12 students because that was we really wanted to make sure they weren't disadvantaged. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think across the department, you know, there was hundreds of thousands of devices that were in schools that once this happened were lent out to students to have them in the home. 
so that they were able to access these uh, these resources. And then for those that didn't have devices, there was still the pen and paper, uh, the pen and paper learning packs that were able to go home to kids. So. Oh, look. You know, it, it, yeah, sorry, go. No, no, I was just going to say, Andrew, mate, well, you're talking to a couple of 30-ish-year-olds <laughs> here. Um, it's just a case of, like, when we were kids, we've been to schools. Christy and I have been to a lot of schools on the mid-north coast. We go and see them. We go and have a great time. Haven't for a while, obviously, but they've got all these um, big screen TVs. Oh, yeah. They've got projectors. They've got their own individual iPads. Could we not have gone back to the old school of just getting yourself them little beads on a stick and counting them and yep. just gone, yep, that's 10. Little Billy's got 10 there. He's right, that's right. You go up to year two. The only little ones. Yeah. And what do you do with the, the older crowd, though? Well, get them to read a book. Yeah, but you know how expensive that is to purchase all these multiple books and are you going to have enough resources uh, around? Scholastic, mate. <laughs> Used to live for those catalogues when they rocked up at school. <laughs> but no, I just, I, is, there, is there anything, this is my actual question, yeah. is there any, is there any um, of the old school way of doing things that's maybe crept back a little bit um, in this time or if we had to look more to the future? Oh, look, I think um, COVID has certainly given particularly schools a unique opportunity to just, to refocus on what really matters, which is literacy, numeracy, and well-being, and mm. and yeah, schools have really made sure they're kicking goals in those areas. Mm. Um, and I think for kids, you know, there's there is that you know, reading and and spending as much time reading as possible, but also reading complex things, not just sort of reading a full novel, but having short bursts at complex bits of literacy uh, literature. Mm. Um, and then yeah, the numeracy side of things, I think yeah, it's definitely particularly an awareness of how number works. Um, yeah, there's been a refocusing definitely in that space. Yeah. Right. What about, I know we're saying that uh, a lot of kids are struggling because they didn't have that ability to learn from home. What about the focus that they have now going back into school, having so much time off? What I mean is when I was at school, I was always envious of, of the movies and seeing the Americans go on three-month summer break. And I'm like, I wish we had that. We just have two weeks or four weeks here and there. Do you think that kids are better for it now that we did have the big COVID-19 break? Oh, look, I think, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's more to school than just the academics. And I think, you know, part of building that full, the full child. And I think the COVID definitely built resilience. It definitely yeah. taught kids, you know, the, the, the importance of being, of being strong and also of having connection with your family. I think it really gave kids time to to really get to know their siblings and their parents and vice versa. I think that was, that was great. But I think a lot of the stories I'm getting is kids were really keen to get back to school. And I think, you know, particularly on the phased return, in, in, a, in a lot of schools, the students were returning faster than what we had anticipated, yeah. which I think just it shows that the kids enjoy their school, that they feel purpose and belonging when they're in the classroom and that they, they enjoy hanging out with their mates just as much as they enjoy the learning. Yeah. Well, it's a social thing. It's, it's very important, for, for particularly for young kids. They learn their social skills from school, and that's, and that's part of early learning and mm. getting ready for school um, with uh, other programs as well. Look, where do we go from here, obviously, Andrew? Because um, kids are back at school. There is a little bit of uh, a gap between. Um, is there anything in place to try and help those kids mm. without having to, I guess, segregate them from their peers that might be doing a little better? Oh, look, I think, I mean, it's, uh, for thousands of years, schools have been, you know, focused on uh, helping kids of, of all the different uh, levels of ability. I know there's, there's stuff from the ancient Greeks about, you know, that was a focus, you know, when schooling first began formally back then. Um, I, again, it's, it's around doing that differentiating. I think teachers are, are really, really skilled in differentiating the learning to make sure the yeah. kids are getting what they need at their level. Mm. And again, that, that focus on literacy and numeracy and wellbeing, I think... 
for families. I know, I know teachers um, were able to share a bit of what they do with the parents during this time. And, um, you know, so from a parent's point of view, I think they can really, you know, work in that space and make sure the kids are, you know, when kids are doing the homework, if parents get involved in that, but also yeah. have, you know, if parents are saying to kids, look, this is part of your homework, but so is unpacking the dishwasher, you know, yeah. so is cleaning your room, you know, mm-hmm. bringing some of those real social skills and, you know, and having a chat to your kids is, is really critical. It builds that, that literacy and, and, and particularly for the youngest kids, like they're the ones who get um, great benefit from just being on the playground and, and, you know, having the informal playground language development. So yeah. there's a lot of different ways we can approach this. Yeah. Well, learning to adult is essentially well, what they've got to do because I know yeah. sometimes we struggle to even adult ourselves. But this is true. A big thank you to you though, Andrew, and um, we do hope that kids can actually uh, round out the year with a good year despite all that lost time. I really appreciate your time this morning. Not at all. Thanks for having me. No worries. And um, Christy, and just on that, right, you know, I, I struggled a lot at school regardless of whether or not I was there or not. But yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, I think there's room for both. I think you were right when you said, on, you were kind of on the right track in my mind when you said in America they get, you know, a, a, a longer break. I think if you split the year up bit by bit and instead of holidays, bear with me on this, yeah. instead of holidays, you had uh, maybe four to six weeks where you worked from home and then you got a little bit more because there's a lot of stay-at-home parents that I think would benefit from it as well, yeah. um, mental health-wise. But I also think that if you get a little bit more time with the family and like Andrew said, emptying the dishwasher or doing the dishes, you know, mm-hmm. that is a, that's part of growing up. There's a lot of life lessons you can learn at home. Also, do you remember when we were doing it uh, the show via um, Zoom, yeah, and um, you were at home and I was here. We had to communicate a lot more, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and we worked better as a team. It, well, I it's think we weird did. How that? So go uh, home. <laughs> <laughs> that wall does that to you. So what you're saying is maybe kids should be working from I, home so they work better. No, I, no, I just think. Uh, hear me out on this. I think there's room for kind of uh, uh, for a bit of both split the year up into little bits and have sort of short periods of time, you know, four or five weeks, where kids are working from, from home. I no. think that's cool. I, I think it's a great idea. I'm going to send Andrew a text and say, hey, when I have kids and they're off to school, I want summer break. Can you make sure that the government enforces that? Because I really want to go, like, touring around Australia or something with my kids and they can <sighs> just have three months off with me. Will they learn anything? <laughs> no, they'll just know how to get their hands dirty. Yeah, it's a life lesson. <laughs> the Mid North Coast gets up with Christian Barge. On Hit FM. 13, 12, 16. We're asking which roads on the Mid North Coast do you avoid and why? And it's not to rag on the roads. It might be just because, I don't know, you just don't like that particular area or you don't like the steep hill or, yeah. or whatever it may be. Maybe it's notorious for always having potholes. Big concern. So you always go around. The long way just to avoid it. Well, it's down to preference, isn't it? There's some people that just go different ways because of habit. Yeah, well, you know, you know I rag on you for which road you choose sometimes. When no, I'm like, you don't no, like you, it. you're missing out on the, the shortcuts there, Bodgy. I don't want it. I like a nice, uh, sometimes I like to drive along the coast. I don't want to go inland much. Uh, and I've just actually, speaking of this, I've just got a message from our mate Ross uh, over at Men at Work, and he just said that the work on Lake Road yeah. uh, is continuing today. Uh, right up to the lights on Ocean Drive. So there's Port Macquarie, and um, he's just said if people can avoid Lake Road, if possible, yeah. um, just while they're doing that work as well. So hopefully that'll be back up and running in no time. Well, there you go. It's funny you say Lake Road because um, I always would choose to never go via Lake Road. I've got um, a sister-in-law that's 
instead of going along Gordon Street, she'll make sure, if she's trying to get into town, so this is Port Horton Macquarie, Street yeah. Port Macquarie, yeah, yeah. she makes sure that she goes via Lake Road mm. instead of going down Gordon Street, whereas I refuse to go via Lake Road, I go down the main one. It's what? it's funny how you have preferences. Like, okay, again, in Port Macquarie, I know I'm being specific to Port, but um, when I first got my licence, I refused to drive up Clifton. I wouldn't, if I needed to get to the Clifton shops, right. which are at the bottom of the hill there, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't go up Clifton if I was coming from, from west of Port Macquarie. Why? I would go down Widdison Street and go the long way around Why? together. Well, if you let me get there, uh, because I, <laughs> my nan had an accident there. And because oh, of God. the windies, uh, it can get often slippery as you're climbing the hill. And she did drive into someone's front yard just because it was too slippery. So I was always frightened of it. She all right? Yeah, she, she was fun many, many years ago. Um, so I would choose to go down Whittison. Right. Now I'm happy to go up Clifton now that I'm older and much more wise when it comes and to driving. And also the way you drive anyway with a lead foot, I can't see you like, you know, being able to uh, drift around those corners. So this is one of those things, isn't it? You know I drive a heavy vehicle that's very slow <laughs> just that a, I can't get just around. Just having a dig. Just having a dig. <laughs> but I mean, when I think about when um, before the, the bypasses were done, uh, going through Kempsey, and I like I know that this could be a little bit of a touchy subject, with no, some, but no. I I didn't like dealing with the holiday traffic because when I'd always go north was through the holidays, and mm-hmm. and it would build up over that bridge. So I would go the very long way around and go up Southwest Rocks Road and come in via Smithtown oh, that way, hell, that just is to a avoid um, the bridge in in Kempsey. But I did miss out on Fredo Pies every time we did that. But it's funny because why I also say this is on the weekend. We went west, which is four and a half hours out towards Inverell to Copeton Dam, and you have to go over Welcome Mountain. A lot of people don't like Welcome Mountain. Our mates drove an extra two hours, long way around, just to avoid the mountain. That, is that the one that um, the same one to get to Tamworth, the windy road that all the the yes. motorbike riders ride on? Yeah, where you go up through yeah. Long Flat, Ginger's Creek, yep, uh, yep. to Walker. Yeah, that uh, it's, way. It, I think it's a beautiful stretch, and it's I stunning. understand why people ride it, but I always get super nervous because especially at night because there's so many turns and you don't know what's coming. Mm. And I wouldn't drive the extra way, but I'd be that slow person. If you've ever driven it, you know the person, the one that drives super slow and then has to pull over to let people pass, but they're doing it because they're not confident. Come on. But it's not just that. It's they could get car sick. I remember when we used to go on school camps, I was in the bus. I always had to sit up the front and look forward because I would get car sick. I don't get it now. My own puppy dog. First time we've realised this. She's normally brilliant in a vehicle. We've driven eight hours north to go to Brisbane. First time ever we've done lots of windy roads. She was very anxious. She was shaking and she was panting like crazy. She didn't spew... But right, she okay. was getting car sick. Were you driving or was Michael? No, Michael was driving. Oh, that's a, that, that is a surprise. Right. <laughs> that's interesting. It's a second little hook. You're not biting at this one. That's okay. It's all right. I understand. Um, yeah, so she gets car sick. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I have, I have so few hooks I can dangle in front of you to see if you'll bite at your driving. And then that's all I've got is the only ammunition. But I think that that road particularly, and I think, John Oxley was meant to have navigated that that strip as well, that that whole that road. Um, and in the old days, and this is only what I've heard, it could be wrong. In the old days, if you were a, like a navigator, you got paid per like turn. Every time the road turned, you got extra money. Oh, it's true. So if you didn't have any turns, you didn't get any extra money. Well, I don't. I don't think you got bonuses. And do you know what? <laughs> Even if I'm wrong on that, I mean, he's dead. You can't. I mean, you can't get in trouble for 
talking about the dead, apparently. Yeah. Not legally. As much as we want to, as much as we want to get to places quicker and just want those straight runs, which is what they've done with all the bypasses <laughs> heading north. At yeah. the same time, it's like you don't want to destroy the beauty of those windy roads, like particularly going out to Walka. Yeah, no, this is I true. love them. Yeah, no, there's a lot of great roads and um, a lot of work being done. And if you missed it just before, I did say that um, there's work being done on Lake Road right now, um, right up to the lights on Ocean Drive in Port Macquarie. So if you're able to avoid that part of uh, Lake Road, please do do that. If you want more of Christy and Budge, catch up on the podcast at hit.com.au or hear them live weekday mornings from 6 on the Mid-North Coast's Hit FM.